Today's show is brought to you by Reaper Apparel. Reaper Apparel Company was founded out of necessity in 2020 and the aftermath that followed. The year of 2020 became a reminder that every minute counts, even the hard ones. Reaper Apparel Company was built for those who refuse to die slowly. Reaper just isn't clothing, it's a lifestyle. A reminder to escape the mundane. A reminder to get out of your comfort zone and live life. We are built to enjoy the time we have here on this planet. I urge you to get outside and find what racing the Reaper means to you. Don't waste another minute because the clock is always ticking. Live fearless, find your soul, and appreciate your life through a grim lens. Go and check them out at ReaperApparel.com. Use code the Tattooed Gentleman Podcast to receive 15% off. Hey everybody, welcome to the show today. Uh, today's another episode in our uh, alcohol series. It is on vodka. And I just did a deep dive into the history of this spirit and I learned quite a bit about it. Um, the story of vodka goes back a long way. A long way. And its origins is wholly contested. Uh, some believe the first appearance of vodka took place as early as the 8th century in Poland, while most say in the 9th century in Russia. Um, regardless of where it began, uh, what we do know is uh, vodka was created to be something you drank quick and neat uh, without tasting, uh, primarily to get drunk. Um, uh, back in its early days, uh, when it wasn't even distilled, um, they were developed by making bitter wines and powerful beers and letting them stand outside overnight in the harsh sub-zero degree winters of Eastern Europe. Uh, because water freezes at a higher temperature than alcohol, the water would rise to the surface and freeze. This could be skimmed off, leaving behind a stronger spirit. This was repeated until the wine reached an, reached an ABV strength of around 25 to 35%. Uh, this method produced uh, spirits that was not particularly clean. Um, it was pure, uh, full of impurities, and uh, it was often flavored with fruits, uh, and honey and herbs to make uh, to make it taste drinkable. Um, in eleven seventy four, uh, yes, yes, folks, I said eleven seventy four. That is the year. The first record of an actual vodka distillery in the Waldaca uh, Chronicle mentions. In Kilovskivsk, Russia, I butchered that name, uh, distillation enabled vodka to reach a higher ABV strength, leading to a spirit closer to 40% um, ABV that we, we recognize today. Um, in the 1500s, after the Middle Ages, vodka became the spirit of the working class because it could be made cheaply, uh, we also began to see vodka uh, being used for medicinal purposes, uh, the vast majority of which would no longer see an uh, appropriate medical treatment. Uh, 
but one that still stands today is help in treating poison ivy exposure. A vodka poured on the skin removes the uh, oil of the plant, which causes the itchiness. Around the year 1700, uh, we have saw the emergence of um, Poglar. I got it written down here. It, it's a, a, another Eastern European word. Uh, I think it roughly, I found that it translates to bread wine um, or historic vodka. Um, it, the word uh, Polugar is believed to mean half half burnt um, because it could pretty much be lit with the strike of a match. Uh, around the same time in Poland, a drink known as Gorzalaka uh, uh, from the old Polish verb Gorzek, also meaning to burn, became popular. It was produced in freezing barrels and was a simple, rich, and toasty spirit distilled from grains uh, distilled entirely in a copper pot still. To be palatable, these types of spirits would often be flavored, usually with honey or spices such as uh, caraway, uh, providing f that flavored vodka is not a as new as everybody thinks it is. And we'll get around to uh, flavored vodkas here in the minute. In a minute, uh, in the 1830s, an Irishman by the name of uh, Anary's Coffee. Uh, built upon earlier column stills to create a more efficient distillation process. His continuous column still, he called it the coffee still, his patented uh, continuous distillation technique brought vodka into a new era because it allowed for a greater level of purity as well as a higher level of consistency. Um, the next big development in, in vodka happened in uh, 1871 with the first uh, rectification distillery. Which, and that means that the spirit began uh, being cleaned. Uh, it led to what we uh, would now describe as true vodka. Uh, it would be recognizable uh, today if we drank from what was in 1871, it would be pretty close to what we have today. Um, in the 1900s, uh, political instability uh, preceding the Russian Revolution in 1917 caused wealthy Russians to start leaving the country, taking vodka around the world. Um, in 1911, the first ever recorded recipe for a vodka cocktail appears in the book Beverage Deluxe from St. Charles Hotel in New Orleans. Um, uh, New Orleans is a city that uh, here in the United States that many believe to be the birthplace of cocktails. Um, in 1914, Russians banned the sale and consumption of all alcohol with the U.S. not far behind it. So in, in 1914, Russia um, did what they call pro, what we would call here in the uh, prohibition, uh, and we did it in 1920. Um, uh, the time of prohibition, it not only had a dramatic effect on how the country drank, uh, but it also drove bartenders to Europe where they could continue their trade. 
Um, it was there that many were introduced to vodka by wealthy Russians living in the likes of Paris and London. Uh, they concocted new vodka cocktails and took their Newfoundland appreciation and recipes back to the States after Prohibition ended in 1933. So, uh, this is where we get cocktails like the Martini, uh, Bloody Mary, and uh, uh, a few other things that they mix with uh, uh, Italian vermouth and uh, orange bitters and whatnot. Uh, in 1934, uh, with prohibition far behind, uh, the bartenders returned from uh, abroad and were free to experiment with mixology. Uh, now mixology is the kind of the science behind cocktails. It, it, it's the mixed drinks and uh, you know they'll call it, you'll hear a lot of times in the in the bar industry mixologists and and they're they're the ones always experimenting coming up with new cocktails experimenting with flavors um vodka due to its versatility made it the perfect partner for a wide variety of concoctions um the uh around this time that we believe that you know martinis really became popular um and uh, uh, along with Bloody Marys and uh, even uh, uh, Vodka on the Rocks. Um, now, in 1939 uh, is a big deal because a gentleman by the name of John G. Martin, he bought the rights to produce and distribute the Smirnoff Vodka brand in the United States, which led to a huge uh, growth in the uh, market for vodka. Um, compared to earlier vodkas, it tasted much more refined. Um, they licensed the recipe and they uh, uh, allowed it to be made all over the world using 100% corn. Uh, they used new marketing tactics as well, and it helped give them the reach far beyond any other vodka of the time. Now, now vodka, with that being said, vodka is made usually of 100% of one grain, and it is distilled to around 90% uh, ABV or 180 proof. And that is what uh, vodka is. It's pretty much straight alcohol. Um, it does not have to be aged. It doesn't have to be uh, uh, anything. It, you prove Once it is produced, you can proof it down to whatever proof you would like, and then you can go right to the bottle. It's a very clean, clean alcohol. Uh, uh, following in 1941, uh, we see the um, emergence of the original uh, Moscow Mule um, around this time uh, but uh, the story goes Jack Morgan a restaurateur a restaurant owner in Los Angeles um, was having a ginger beer produced but it wasn't exactly flying off the shelves 
Uh, his girlfriend at the time also uh, inherited a copper factory, and Mr. Martin uh, of Smirnoff uh, and a bartender by the name of Wes Price uh, led up to a new recipe and served the iconic cocktail in a copper mug. So that's kind of where we see um, the Moscow Mule uh, come about, uh, those gentlemen. Uh, in 1962, the Vodka Martini became an icon of the silver screen with the ultra-famous spy movie, uh, James Bond. Uh, while the leading man preferred his shaken, not stirred, uh, that's not how I recommend it. Um, uh, but this is uh, most likely one factor in Vodka's rise of popularity. Um, in 1979, we see another brand released on the global market. Uh, Absolute Vodka was, in, re was released in 1979. Um, it took a Russian and Polish tradition and refined it using Swedish manufacturing techniques and made it with a 100% Swedish wheat. Um, this was a step up in quality, and they paid far more attention into the quality of the um, raw ingredients and they used a much more advanced distillation process um, but they used a huge uh, iconic advertising campaign uh, which featured the absolute bottle um, and they blew up the category um, even further and embedded vodka into the worlds of art music and culture <laughs> In 1983, uh, we're going to jump a few more years. In 1983, uh, Kettle One launched uh, using copper pot stills, a process typically used to make gin. It's worth knowing that a copper pot still can only be used to redistill a vodka. It needs to be distilled separately first. Uh, that same year. Um, a man by the name of Dick Bradsell created the first espresso martini cocktail in London and that laid the groundwork for a uh, vodka cocktail renaissance. Um, you can get all kinds of uh, espresso cocktails today. Uh, tons of them. I don't recommend any of them. I, they're all kind of gross to me. Um, of course, and we're going to skip forward a few more years in time to 1987. Um, another great drink was created. It was called the Cosmopolitan. It was one of the first cocktails that used flavored vodka, which also helped drive the spirit's popularity and brought cocktails to a mass audience. In 1997, a former mortgage broker, Bert Butler, his name was Tito, they called him Tito, um, launched his own vodka, Tito's, out of Austin, Texas in 97. He started by creating a vodka made from wheat, but switched to corn years later, buying, its raw, uh, uh, buying in a raw spirit form a company who sourced their corn from all over the U.S. He then redistilled it in copper pot stills. 
Um, up until 97, the, store, the story of vodka is a little bit of a, a gradual evolution. Um, from its creation in the early 8th or 9th century, vodka has steadily evolved um, from an initial very rough uh, drink purely for effect to a uh, more prog uh, aggressively more refined spirit. But in the mid-90s, uh, mid to late 90s, uh, best I could tell, I couldn't get an actual date, two men looked upon um, to refine this. Uh, um, they wanted to uh, remove all natural uh, characters from vodka and uh, negating the effects of its ingredients and wondered if vodka was losing its way. Um, they wanted, these two gentlemen, they wanted to uh, have vodka harness and celebrate its raw ingredients and be recognized for its natural tastefulness instead. Um, so the, in 2000, um, this focus on taste contributed to uh, a profilation of flavors as the, uh, in the industry for better or worse. Um, uh, they released uh, flavor and flavor and flavor, and Grey Goose was born. Um, uh, they released a lot of flavored vodkas, um, and their production and quality was uh, unmatched at the time. Um, they used French wheat and water and incorporated natural flavors uh, for delightful tastes. In 2001, a group of distillers, including Grey Goose, helped literally redefine vodka. Uh, for the longest time, the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, defined vodka as an odorless, colorless, tasteless spirit. So after multiple years, this group of distillers um, complaining for this uh, outdated definition, the TTB agreed the uh, old definition no longer uh, reflected people's expectation from a vodka and dropped it. Uh, this backed up what we already know to be true. Uh, different vodkas could and should be allowed to be, well, different. Um, so, you know, in closing, uh, that's kind of where we're at now. That, that's kind of the, uh, the uh, humble beginnings um, of, of, the, uh, of the spirit to where it's at in its post-prohibition uh, form. Um, it received a little bit of backlash in the early 2000s, um, but vodka definitely has an interesting history. Uh, it's uh, led by... Uh, mostly led by bartenders conscious of its possibilities. Um, vodka is definitely one of the biggest and most consumed uh, spirits uh, in the world. Um, it is definitely one of the most valued among the best bartenders uh, in the world. Um, it really, it, it, it takes a lot to appreciate um, a spirit 
that allows you to demonstrate your technique and imagination in crafting a cocktail. Um, uh, you know, using vodka is a true test of skill um, to make a uh, good looking and uh, drink. And it uh, remains a great way to showcase one's creativity and appreciation of natural taste. Um, so that's the rundown on vodka uh, in this week's show. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, as always, uh, share the show, like the show. Um, we're going to, uh, a little housekeeping here at the end of, uh, we're going to be, uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more um, uh, from us. Uh, here at the show, um, we're going to get the website up and going uh, here this year. Uh, some of the plans for 2023 website up and going. Um, we're going to try and possibly launch our own merch uh, line, line of merchandise. Uh, for those of you that are uh, interested in that. And uh, so uh, next, also next in the alcohol series we are going to talk about gin uh gin is next week's show um so until then uh thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you later hey everybody today's show is brought to you by lucky 13. lucky 13 is an all-natural tattoo aftercare brand their product brings back your tattoos vibrancy and definition this also heals, moisturizes your skin while keeping your tattoo protected. Check them out and all of their great products at www.protectyourink.com. While you're there, use the code the Tattoo Gentleman Podcast to get 25% off your purchase. Hey everybody, today's show is brought to you by the Black Hole Apparel Company. They are an awesome clothing brand with their next level aesthetics they will have you being the best looking person at the party they have stuff for both men and women so check them out at www.blkhlcollections.myshopify.com while you're there use code apparel60 to not only get 60 percent off your purchases but also free shipping and that deal is only for the tattoo gentleman podcast listeners so head over there now and step up your fashion game. Hey everybody, today's show is brought to you by Goth Treasures. Goth Treasures is your place to go for all your gothic jewelry needs. From rings to chokers, they goth it. Go to their website and check them out, www.gothtreasure.com. While you're there, use code the Tattooed Gentleman Podcast 70 to save 50% off your purchase.